Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey guys, this is EJ Holland with the Wolverine.com, and we're back with another Wednesday recruiting live show. We're going to be talking everything Michigan recruiting and more if you want to. I'll answer whatever questions you guys have. Just make sure to jump in the chat box and ask those questions. Uh, if you want to donate to my travel budget, you can. You can click that little donate button, leave a super chat. That money goes directly to us traveling around the country and seeing top Michigan uh, recruits on Friday night. So I'm excited to get back on the road this weekend. Going to be in the great state of Maryland seeing two Michigan commits, Dominic Nichols, Devin Baxter. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, but like I said, this show is to answer your questions. So make sure to uh, come in and answer those questions. A couple of housekeeping items. One, make sure to like this video. It helps us get in front of other Michigan fans, helps the live show uh, get more exposure. So we have more questions and more discussions and also make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're at 22,900. We want to get to that next goal of 23,000. So make sure to subscribe. You'll get notified every time a new video drops. And last thing, I made this comment here. I know there were some questions that were in here earlier that were deleted no clue what happened if you want to come back with those questions hopefully uh you can do that uh so apologies to anybody that was in the chat box early and your questions got deleted i have no clue what happened um and it, and it looks like one of those questions was from john schult um because i do remember that question being in there so we'll start off with him so apologies john schult if you're having to manually re-enter these questions, hopefully we don't have any more. 
technical difficulties. But uh, John says, EJ, with their recent emphasis on Ohio, who is Michigan going after in the 2025 class besides obvious targets like Ryan Montgomery, Dorian Brew, and Carter Lowe? So for those of you that don't know, Ryan Montgomery is kind of next in line to Bryce Underwood. Uh, at the quarterback position, it's four-star prospect out of Finley, Dorian Brew, a top 100 uh, athlete out of Clayton Northmont, same school as Rod Moore, and Carter Lowe, a non-300 offensive tackle out of Toledo. All those guys have visited on multiple occasions, and so most Michigan fans are, um, you know, pretty familiar with them. So there's Montgomery's profile. You see Michigan second on the RPM behind the Ohio State, which already has a quarterback commit and, and Montgomery's brother actually plays for Ohio state, but the Buckeyes already have a quarterback commit Tavian St. Clair. So the door's open for Michigan to make a move there. And, you know, same thing with, uh, with Carter Lowe, I think Michigan's in a strong spot there. Dorian Brew will be a little tough, but let's talk about some other Ohio natives since that is the question from John is, is who else is there to know, um, in Ohio next cycle. And so as you guys have noticed, Steve Klinkscale has made it a priority to really live in enemy territory. He is the area recruiter in the state of Ohio, and he's doing everything he can to help Michigan pull top talent out of the uh, Buckeye State and, and beat Ohio State in some head-to-head -head battles. And you saw Michigan kind of turn the corner a little bit this cycle landing Jordan Marshall, um, beating out Ohio State for him. So, you know, we'll start at the running back position right away, and uh, we'll go with Bo Jackson. Um, he is a top 100 prospect last time I checked, but uh, he is out of Cleveland, Ohio. He visited Michigan in June. He's a really, really intriguing prospect other than his name uh, being Bo Jackson. But I think he's one of the – or I think he's the most realistic top 100 running back recruit for next cycle. Michigan has offered national names like Jordan Davison and Harlem Barry, but Bo Jackson is, is the most realistic of those guys. You see he's ranked as the number seven running back and number 89 overall recruit in the country. Um, so he is a high level running back, a guy that both, Mike Hart and Steve Klinkskill are going to work on. Ohio State is the obvious leader on the RPM. Anytime you have a top 100 recruit in the state of Ohio, Ohio State is obviously going to be very involved in that recruitment. But Michigan working there, like I said, they've already had him on campus. So he's definitely one to watch. My personal favorite in the state of Ohio uh, for next cycle is actually not Bo Jackson or Montgomery or Brewer Lowe. My personal favorite in the state of Ohio is Marquise Davis out of Cleveland. Uh, man, he is such a monster on both sides of the ball. I actually think he can be an elite level running back. He, I think I saw his stat line um, was like more than 300 yards rushing this past weekend and, and aside from just picking up yards on Friday nights, I mean, this guy has tremendous vision, terrific speed. Just he's a guy you can run between the tackles using a lot of different ways. And then on the defensive side of the ball, 
You know, he's also a prospect that can play linebacker. He can uh, drop back into the secondary and be a safety. So uh, there's a lot to like and a lot you can do with Marquise Davis. He's a Swiss Army knife. Um, but like I said, I, w- I would like him at running back. I-, I think he's a really, really impressive prospect there. He is ranked as the number 12 athlete and number 108 or number 106 overall prospect on on three. So on three is actually the highest on him of all the major services. And I think I'm even higher on Davis than that. I, I would have him firmly in the top 100. So Ohio State, again, the clear leader on the on three RPM. But Michigan is uh, doing its best to, to make an impact in that recruitment. Davis was actually supposed to be on campus for one of these first two games, uh, either against East Carolina or UNLV. Uh, Obviously, Michigan self-imposed the two-game visit ban, so he wasn't able to make it to campus, so they're in the process of rescheduling that visit. And don't want to take too much time uh, with one question, so one other highly rated recruit that Michigan's really working on uh, out of Ohio that's already visited is Trey McNutt out of uh, Shaker Heights. Uh, shout out Kate Cuddy. But uh, yeah, Trey McNutt is one of the most impressive athletes in the country for next cycle. I think it's going to be really tough to beat out Ohio State in that recruitment. But at the very least, Michigan's already received a visit from him. You see he's ranked as the number four athlete, the number 56 overall recruit in the country. And again, no surprise that Ohio State has that lead on the RPM, but uh, you can use him on the offensive side of the ball. You can line him up as a DB. There's just a lot to like about Trey McNutt as well. So those are three big priority guys in Ohio, not named Ryan Montgomery, Dorian Brew, or Carter Lowe. Another strong cycle at the top for the state of Ohio. A lot of talent. Uh, Michigan, obviously, looking to have similar success as they had with Jordan Marshall and not lose the big battles like they did with Aaron Scott and Bryce West. So we'll see if they can get some traction with any of the three guys I mentioned. Um, Let's go back up to the top and go to GoBlue81. And he says, is there anything to King Joseph Edwards tweeting congrats to Michigan on the win? And how does LSU losing to Florida State affect Bryce Underwood's decision? Let's start off with uh, King Joseph Edwards. So Michigan still needs another edge in this class after losing Elias Rudolph to Miami. Now, Michigan is working on flipping Rudolph back, but they are also in danger of losing another edge in uh, Jacob Smith, who is trending heavily towards flipping to Kentucky. Um, with that said, I don't think King Joseph Edwards is a guy they will circle back on. For those of you that remember King Joseph Edwards, who's a four-star edge out of Georgia, he visited Michigan early on, appeared to be very high on the Wolverines, but things cooled on both sides. I think there's some concerns is basically all I'll say when it comes to King Joseph Edwards. So, I'd be a little surprised if Michigan explored that route, so I wouldn't read too much into his comment for right now. Before we get to the next question from GoBlue81, we do have a big 
super chat coming in from Ben Rainey, 499. Oh, he doesn't have a question. Well, shout out to you, Ben, uh, with your 499 super chat. If you have a question, make sure to type the comment and we'll get to it right away. But in the meantime, in between time, let's get back to go blue 81. And he says, um, how does LSU losing to Florida state affect Bryce Underwood's decision? Look, recruits aren't going to make a decision based on one game, but I think the more LSU loses, obviously the more it helps with Michigan. So our Zach Libby just caught up with Bryce Underwood today. We have an exclusive interview with the five-star prospect over at thewolverine.com, which is a perfect time to tell you if you're not a subscriber to thewolverine.com, you can subscribe today for $74.99 for a year, new members only. That's 25% off your annual subscription or $1 for one month and get everything Michigan recruiting, everything team-wise with the season underway, basketball, basketball recruiting, NIL transfer portal, and a great message board community with more than 8,000 unique individual users. And you can read the Bryce Underwood story. Um, but overall, I think the more LSE loses, the more it obviously helps Michigan. I think Bryce was impressed with what Michigan did. I was uh, kind of surprised a little bit to learn in Zach's story that despite the game being on Peacock, which apparently had a ton of issues, I don't know. I didn't see the game because I was at a high school game covering recruits, but apparently Peacock had all types of issues and plus nobody really has Peacock. I don't think they offer a ton else on their streaming platform. Sorry, Peacock. Uh, but Bryce Underwood actually did watch the Michigan game or at least watched it in, on YouTube or, or something of that nature. But he did talk about how he was impressed with Michigan's passing attack and how he was also impressed with the play of J.J. McCarthy. The more Michigan opens up the offense throughout the season, the more success J.J. has. I think the more it will impress Bryce, the less success that LSU has, the more they lose games. Uh, look, Florida State's a great opponent, so I don't think Bryce is going to knock them too much for that. But if LSU loses some other games, if the offense really isn't clicking there, I think that could definitely play into Michigan's favor. But ultimately, I think a lot of this recruitment will come down to the visits he makes in the fall and, of course, the lingering question that nobody really has an answer to, how much will NIL affect this recruitment? around decision time in January. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, ben Rainey did have that super chat. So let's get back to him. So sorry, Ben, for not answering right away. Your question didn't populate immediately, but let's go to him. And he says, if Ohio State has a down season, two to three losses, how much that could that swing things in our favor so we don't lose out on the next Aaron Scott or Bryce West? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that will definitely help. Look, if Michigan beats Ohio State for a third time in the big house and they're able to get some of those Ohio kids on campus, when you talk about the next Aaron Scott or Bryce West, you're talking about kids that I was just talking about, like Bo Jackson, like Marquise Davis, like Trey McNutt. Um, and two of those three guys have already visited Michigan with one having plans canceled because of the self-imposed visit ban. But you know, all three of those recruits have at least some interest in Michigan. So seeing Ohio State lose to Michigan in Ann Arbor would be absolutely massive, I think, uh, for those recruitments. I think it would help out a ton. So I think Michigan can continue to have some success in Ohio and potentially pull 
some bigger fish next cycle if they beat Ohio State again. And, you know, to answer the question from an overall standpoint, if Ohio State not only loses to Michigan, but they lose a couple of other games and they struggle and the calls for Ryan Day's head get louder and louder, I think that definitely helps the Wolverines as well. And who knows, maybe it even gives Michigan a chance to get back in it with Aaron Scott close to December. So shout out to Ben Rainey again for the 499 super chat. If you guys want to leave a super chat, contribute to uh, me traveling around the country and seeing Michigan recruits, you can hit that donate button. Um, and, and again, that lets me see recruits across the country. So big shout out to Ben Rainey for that. Let's go back to John A. Schultz. And uh, he has another question here. And he says, which recent recruiting misses do you think could have helped Michigan the most this season? I would have loved to see Xavier Worthy, Xavier Worthy taking the top off of defenses. Uh, man, that that is a, a, a really good and interesting question. Who are the, the biggest misses? Well, I definitely agree with you on Xavier Worthy for sure. I think that you know, the ability to just stretch the field and be a downfield threat, a guy who can get vertical and, you know, help JJ hit some of those long shots. I think Xavier Worthy would have been such a dynamic weapon in this offense. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that can just take it to the house at any point. I mean, there's a reason he's considered one of the best, um, one of the best wide receivers in college football right now. So uh, again, I, I think Xavier Worthy is definitely one. I agree with you. Uh, obviously, I would have had maybe some questions in regards to uh, how he would fit in from a culture standpoint, but there's no doubting Xavier Worthy's talent. I mean, losing him really hurt. And, and when you look at you know, recruiting since Xavier Worthy, it's crazy because Xavier Worthy was in the 2021 recruiting class, right? We're now in the 2024 recruiting class. And I don't think Michigan has found an adequate replacement for Xavier Worthy. They have not been able to land a guy with Xavier Worthy's game-changing speed that can stretch the field. They were so close to doing that this cycle with Gatlin Bear and didn't, and, you know, there's there's still that void. I mean, Xavier Worthy would have been completely different from anything Michigan had in the wide receiver room. It's unfortunate how all of that, you know, kind of played out uh, towards the end of his recruitment. And, yeah, it was just a big mess with Xavier Worthy. So, like I said, don't know how much he would have fit in with the culture, but, man, he's such a, such a great football player. Um, the other guy that comes to mind, is Kalen King, uh, who's obviously one of the best corners in college football as well, plays for Penn State. If you guys remember that recruitment, and honestly, it's a little foggy for me, and I lived through it, I know Kalen King was very high on Michigan. In fact, when I first moved to Chicago, um, Kalen King was one of the first recruits I saw and he was super awesome to talk to and he helped me get things uh, coordinated at Cast Tech when he was there. So uh, I really, really like covering Kalen King um, and he's turned into a 
hell of a football player. I mean, he was ranked fairly high. I mean, he was a top 200 recruit, but I think he's even exceeded those rankings. I think he even exceeded my expectations. I wrote that Kalen King uh, should be a priority that cycle, which was, was 2021. Um, and I, I, again, I was very high on him too, but man, he's really turned into an absolute monster, like a five-star level prospect. So really happy for Kalen King. Um, but it would have been great to see him at Michigan because Michigan's had that question mark of who's going to be the starting corner next to Will Johnson, right? So imagine if Michigan had Kalen King and Will Johnson, plus you would be taking Kalen King away from your Big Ten foe in Penn State. I think he's one of the biggest misses that comes to mind for sure. So I would say Xavier Worthy on offense and Kalen King on defense. Before we move on to the next question, guys, I do have a message from our sponsor, Susie Surma. Susie Surma with Modus Realty. Are you ready to buy a home? This is one, if not the most expensive purchases you'll ever make. Having a realtor who listens and cares about your needs is crucial. Susie Surma is the right local expert for you. Susie includes a free buyer's consultation to uncover your home buying needs, maximizing experience and efficiency. Email her today at Susie at M-O-T-U-S-R-E dot com. Let's face it, the market has been challenging for buyers. The critical piece you might be missing is having the right agent. Using a realtor that has superior knowledge and negotiation skills is key to closing on the home of your dreams. Local expert Susie Serma is your answer. Not only does she know the area, she's a fierce negotiator. Why not build equity now? Contact Susie Serma to start your customized home search today. Call Susie at 248-767-5633 or email her at susie at M-O-T-U-S-R-E dot com. So big shout out to Susie Serma for hosting or for being our sponsor for tonight's show. Um, as you guys can see, my room is still empty. <laughs> uh, I have not been able to settle into my new place. Uh, if I lived in Michigan, I definitely would have been using Susie because moving in general can be a hassle and so can home buying. So if you're in the Ann Arbor area, make sure to hit up Susie Serma. Let's go to Jeff M. And uh, he is next in line. If you want to skip the line, make sure to hit that super chat button. Money goes directly to my travel budget and you get to skip the line. But Jeff M. says, assuming Bryce Underwood and David Sanders will be the top two picks in your class of 2025 mock draft with Zach, who would be your next five or six picks if you were drafting today? Oh, man. Well, I don't want to give any trade secrets away uh, because Zach Libby might try to steal my ideas, and, and we don't want that to happen. But, I mean, guys that would obviously be high on the board, DJ Pickett, um, the nation's number one overall safety out of Florida. He is uh, one of the most impressive prospects I've seen on tape. I had a chance to go down to Central Florida and see DJ Pickett at his track practice. And, man, he was so impressive running at six foot three, 170 pounds. He has amazing length. I mean, I had this dude do the wingspan picture, and I, was, I just had to keep backing up because his wingspan was just so – I mean, he's so long. Uh, so DJ Pickett, definitely 
a priority for Michigan next cycle. And one of my favorite recruits in, in the class from a talent standpoint, I mean, this guy uh, is, is the complete package on the back end and can even play some corner at six foot three, 170. So Pickett uh, would be high on my board as well. Um, Andrew Marsh would uh, be another one. I mean, he's one of the country's top wide receivers. He's visited Michigan twice. He's a guy that um, is just a dynamic game breaker. We talked about Michigan not having a guy like that since missing out on Xavier Worthy. Andrew Marsh is uh, clearly a guy that can go. He's the number five wide receiver in the country, top 20 overall prospect. I mean, you see the, the expected schools leading the way in the RPM, Texas, LSU, Oklahoma, A&M. But um, again, Michigan's already hosted him for two visits. So he's legitimately interested. He's a guy you can line up in the slot on the outside, just a, a game-breaking receiver for sure. And uh, another wide receiver I would take is uh, Quincy Porter for sure. Uh, top 100 prospect out of Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. I just so, saw him over the weekend and he's an absolute monster, man. Four touchdowns against a really good Iona prep team. Six foot three, 190 pounds, runs routes like a small guy, is an intimidating red zone presence, tremendous catch radius, just checks a lot of boxes. And we talk about Michigan not landing that game breaking speed on the outside. Well, they also still have a gap for size, right? Michigan hasn't been able to land a bigger wide receiver this cycle. So I think getting Porter next cycle is a real priority. And I'd love to have him on my team. Um, Chris Ewald, I'd love to have on my team. He's a Michigan commit, so you might forget about him a little bit, but top 100 cornerback out of Miami, Shamanad Madonna. I had a chance to see Chris in seven-on-seven seven twice in the offseason. I think he's a clear top 100 recruit. Um, it would be great to for Michigan to obviously keep him in the class. You have Miami, Auburn, Florida State, and others still after him, but he's the number seven cornerback in the country, the number 88 overall recruit nationally. Um, I think Chris Ewald's a guy that can shut it down on the outside. In fact, like, let's say I had the first pick, man. So if I had the first pick in the draft and I drafted Bryce Underwood and then Zach drafted David Sanders and made a terrible pick, then it would come back to me, right? And if I was able to draft DJ Pickett and Chris Ewald, that would be one hellacious uh, Florida combo on the back end. So I'd love to have Chris Ewald on my team. And uh, another one that I would pick, oh, man, who who would I pick? I'm trying to trying to think of uh, another guy I would pick. Uh, Ari Watford, you know, just to, to go with a local guy here in Virginia. Um, for those of you that don't know, Ari Watford is one of Michigan's top priorities at the edge position for next cycle. You always need an elite pass rusher on your team. Watford has not visited Michigan yet, but he is looking to uh, make that first visit soon. He actually hasn't visited a lot of schools. That's why you see Virginia Tech, the leader on the RPM, which obviously they're not getting Watford. He's the number two edge and the number 10 overall recruit nationally. Uh, according to on three here out of Norfolk, Virginia. But uh, I've seen Watford many times, man. He's big, he's long, he's super, super impressive. 
So, um, you know, I think Watford's the best edge on Michigan's board right now. So I'd love to, to take him with a pick for sure. Um, let's go down to Gurr, 12,000. And he says, EJ, first, I'm Stachos on the fort. So salute to you uh, for already being a member of the Wolverine.com. And he says, when the Smiths flip, who would Michigan actually go after at edge? And if there's enough time to snag quality replacement? You know, that's something we talked about on last night's show. It's a tough question to answer because, you know, if the Smith twins are going to flip, you'd like them to just flip now, like get it out of the way. So Michigan has more time to recruit other guys. Now, Michigan is making contingency plans. There are guys they like, but um, they're not going to really go full press on them until they really figure out what's going on with uh, the Smith twins. And, and that would leave two voids. You wouldn't just have, you know, the void at edge, which you already have because Elias Rudolph uh, flipped to Miami. But you would also have a void along the defensive line with Gerard Smith flipping away. So, you know, if the Smith twins continue to play games a little bit and take this deep into the fall, that only puts Michigan at a disadvantage. You know, it's definitely not an advantageous situation if you're getting close to signing day and these guys flip, you know, December 1. That uh, puts Michigan in a in a big bind uh, because that, again, that's two different positions that you're losing guys at. So if I'm Michigan and it appears that they're flipping, I mean, just flip already so you can move on to your other targets. I mean, at edge, there are a few guys that they want to keep quiet right now. I think you know they could maybe circle back to Brian Robinson. I'm sure a lot of people are wondering that. Uh, you know, I get asked about Brian Robinson like on a daily basis. Like he's a guy that's on the board. They're monitoring him. I think they also want to see how he does at a, as a senior at his new high school. There are a few others they're they're continuing to look at, but I think a large part is just watching watching senior film. And, you know, Brian Robinson is rated very high. Two services have him as a top 100 recruit. The other two have him as a top 200 recruit. But when you look at schools that are really after him, it doesn't really it doesn't match up with the ranking. Right. If, you know, the school that's after you the most is Kentucky, uh, that doesn't, you know, match with the with the top 100 or top 200 rating. So I think Michigan still has some question marks when it comes to Brian Robinson or at least some uh, of Michigan's staff does. So I think they, they want to see if he can check some of their other boxes this season before making a move with him. And like I said, there are some others that they're quietly monitoring. Um, we are running low on time guys. So if you want to skip the line, make sure to hit that super chat, but let's try to answer some of these next questions uh, quickly. Ger 12,000 came back with another question. If Clemson or Florida continues to spiral, would Michigan pursue any of their class? I know we missed on Childs and Mayo. Would they circle back? Um, you know, I think it, it would be tough to circle back with both. Uh, Childs' decision obviously was a really surprising one. I think it rubbed a few people the wrong way. It's not like Michigan's NIL program is going to change in the next month or so. So I think it'd be tough to get back in on Childs. 
and thus making it tough to get back in on Mayo as well. Um, I think Mayo had high interest in Michigan at one point, but uh, he also just kind of stopped feeling it at another point as well. So uh, maybe, you know, you can never rule out things in recruiting, but right now I think we just have to wait and see. Go Blue 81 says, how are we doing with the linebacker out of uh, IMG? Nathaniel Wusu Botang, I believe, and Elijah Dotson. Yeah, so top 100 linebacker uh, Nathaniel Owosu Botang out of IMG is who Go Blue 81 is talking about. I actually had a chance to see him a couple of weeks ago when IMG played up here in New Jersey, and he was extremely impressive. He's a long athletic backer that's a perfect fit for the scheme. There's a bit of a connection here with uh, Owosu Botang, so I want to expand on him a little bit. Um, Mike Elston actually recruited and coached his older brother at Notre Dame. So Mike Elston is familiar with Owusu Boateng and his family. Uh, Chris Partridge, Michigan's new linebackers coach, has been making him a top overall priority for next cycle. They've been in constant contact. Um, Owusu Boateng is also from the DMV and Michigan was in on him early. I believe they offered him two years ago. Uh, so there's already familiarity with the program. While he has yet to make his visit, uh, Owusu Boateng hasn't checked out many other schools. And he did tell me that he does plan on making his first visit to Michigan at some point soon. Right now, this race appears to be very, very open. And I think Michigan has a chance to at least be a contender here. Um, and then Elijah Dotson, a local athlete out of Detroit, um, has been to Michigan a few times. Zach Libby just had a, an update over on the Wolverine with him. I think Michigan's in the lead there. If they make an all-out push, I'd be surprised if Elijah Dotson doesn't end up in the class. Now, again, he is either listed as an athlete or a wide receiver. I think his profile is loading. Yeah, he's listed as a wide receiver on on three but michigan is recruiting him as a db 62 175 can be a corner safety flex so he's uh he's one to watch as well uh let's go rapid fire guys we're over the 30 minute mark so let's answer these questions quick go blue 81 says any chance of flipping jordan ship he's looked great this year and any way we can sway wingo after seeing us throw the ball more i'm gonna say no on wingo i'm gonna say ship the door is slightly open uh, Michigan has to get him back on campus, uh, but pulling him away from the hometown school will be tough, especially with North Carolina having some success week one. Uh, Funky Bunch 3 says, what 2025 defensive prospect are you most excited about? Realistic commits only. Uh, on the flip side, what about the offensive side, not named Bryce Underwood? So um, defensive prospect I'm most excited about, I talked about him earlier, DJ Pickett. Uh, the nation's number one overall safety can play corner, can play safety, can play nickel, can play wide receiver, whatever he wants. He's six foot three, one seventy, tremendous track athlete as well. He's a super exciting prospect, and he's visited Michigan twice already. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, um, also mentioned him, Andrew Marsh, wide receiver out of Houston, Texas, um, has visited twice as well. And just kind of that dynamic game breaker that Michigan needs in the wide receiver. Uh, let's go down to Justin. And he says, if USC fumbles during the year, could we still flip Jordan ship? Like I said, door is slightly open. Justin said, could we double down on defensive end in 2025? 
Um, I think edge is still going to be a priority um, in 2025. So yeah, I think they're going to, you know, do quite a bit of work at the position. And Jarrell Warren says, which prospect on our board do you believe is the next to commit? Oh man, that's a tough question. I don't think anybody's really on the verge of committing right now. I think we could see a little bit of a dry spell before anyone commits. You know, I, I think some of the more interesting candidates, Elijah Dotson's definitely a commit candidate in 2025. Yeah, like I said, if Michigan pushes for him, I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up in the class. I mean, he's a local kid. He's been to Michigan a ton. So, you know, he has a great relationship with Steve Klinkscale. So I think he could be, you know, a potential early in-state commit in 2025. But like I said, I think, the uh, commitment drought is is full on. I think we've been uh, at about a month without a commitment and, and nothing imminent right now. So uh, appreciate Darrell for uh, hopping in last minute. And thank you all for uh, joining tonight's recruiting chat. We'll be back next week at 7 Eastern. Uh, also, if you don't check out our Tuesday show, Zach Livy's on that show. So he'll be on with me next week. I'll have uh, a ton of... Um, videos uh from dominic nichols and devin baxter's game so if you haven't subscribed to our youtube channel make sure to subscribe for that like this video and we'll see you guys next week madness is here say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed it's time to go dancing on america's number one sports book Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.